You can be seated. I'm glad only one person clapped for Starbucks. Y'all know this is the devil's coffee. Well, I hope, I hope that you are as excited as I am to be gathered in our house today. And we're praying that the truths from this series of talks called The Goodness of God are starting to take root in our hearts and beginning to change us into the people that God designed us to be. You know, last week, the truth that we rallied around together was born out of Psalm 23, the first part of verse 4. (coughs) Excuse me. The first part of verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Has anybody ever walked through a dark valley in your life? Has anybody ever been through a hard season in your life? Has anybody ever been to the place where it seems like there are mountains on either side and there's a mountain in front of you and there's no way you're making it through? God says, David says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you, God, are with me. God will be with us. And last week we looked at three things that we got to understand about the valleys that we face in our lives. And I just want to recap those very quickly. We saw first and foremost that when we are in the valleys of life, we've got to remember that you're not alone because God does not leave us in the valley. He walks us through the valley. God doesn't leave us in the valley. God walks us through the valley. The second thing we remembered about valleys is that God has a good purpose for the valley that you're going through. And until we arrive in eternity, we're going to experience valleys in our lives. But in those valleys, we have a shepherd who guides us to the understanding that not only is he seeing us through the valley, but he's strengthening us in the valley. God is not only seeing us through the valley, he's strengthening us in the valley. And the last truth that we came around together was that the reward for going through the valley will last forever. The reward for going through the valley will last forever. You are going to be rewarded for being faithful to Jesus in the valley of failure, in the valley of fear, in the valley of conflict, in the valley of of grief, in the valley of brokenness, in the valley of trouble. Through every valley, God is right there with you all the time. And not just that, regardless of what we're facing, he is always good. He is always good, and he longs to direct that goodness toward us. That's who our God is, and that's what our God does. So this morning, we're going to look at the second part of Psalm 23, verse 4. And in that text, we're going to see such a massive truth that God wants to speak over our lives today. In Psalm 23, the the second part of verse 4, can we go ahead and throw this up on the screen? I want to see if you guys can... Raise your hand if you know how to read. Amen. Well, our keyboardist doesn't know how to read. One of our singers doesn't know how to read. (laughs) I just said, do you know how? 
<laughs> um, could, you, could you read this with me? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Can we read that one more time with everybody reading it with me? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We've seen together that we are the sheep, right? And God is the good shepherd. Jesus is our good shepherd. But before we can move any further, we've got to understand just a little bit about sheep, okay? We've already come around the conclusion that sheep are stupid and we are sheep, okay? We, we got that part. But, but the other things about sheep is, number one, they are essentially defenseless animals. They aren't fast. They don't have sharp teeth. They don't have claws. But what they do have is the ability to graze on hillsides at degrees of about 50 to 70 degrees, just stand there and eat the grass. That's what sheep can do. That's how defenseless that sheep are. And because of this, because they stand there like that and because they wander around, um, mountains and near cliffs and close to edges, sometimes sheep fall down or get stuck. And a shepherd uses only a, a few tools to protect his sheep. A rod for guarding and protecting and a staff for guiding and directing. A rod for guarding and protecting and a staff for guiding and directing. So the question is, why does David use these tools as a metaphor to help us understand the goodness of God? He does it because a rod represents the power and authority of God, and a staff represents the care and compassion of God. A rod represents the authority and the power of God, and a staff represents the care and the compassion of God. So how does God protect and direct me? That's what we're asking this morning. The, the title of this sermon is simple. It is, God will protect and direct me. God will protect and direct me. But how does he do that? We're going to look at a few ways. The first way that God protects and directs us is by being compassionate when we bring our hurts to him. God is compassionate when we bring our hurts to him. See, sympathy means I'm sorry you're hurt. Okay? Empathy means I'm hurting with you. But compassion in the dictionary of God means I will do anything it takes to stop your hurt. Even if it means hanging on a cross and dying for you. Compassion means I will do anything in this world to stop your hurt, even if it means I've got to be tortured and killed. Matthew 9, verse 36, says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw that the people were harassed and they were helpless. And he had compassion on them. Why? Because Jesus is, we got to understand this today. 
Because some of us are confused about who Jesus is. Some of us walked in these doors today with a jacked up idea of who, of who Jesus is. Jesus is a God who lifts you up, not one who puts you down. Jesus is not one that puts you down. Jesus is one that raises you up. Jesus doesn't. It says that they were hassled and and harassed and helpless. Jesus doesn't hassle you. Jesus heals you. Amen. Amen. Matthew 20, verse 28 says, Just as the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Listen to me here, church. Jesus' purpose on planet earth was to serve and sacrifice for your benefit and for my benefit. Jesus came for your benefit. Jesus suffered for your benefit. Jesus sacrificed for your benefit. And Jesus died for your benefit. And I don't know where you need to experience the compassion of Jesus in your life. But what I can tell you is that whatever area of, the, of your life that is where you need to experience the compassion of Jesus, if you'll bring it to him, he will be faithful to comfort you. If you will bring your pain, your hurt, your mess to Jesus, he will be faithful to comfort you. Does that mean he's going to bring you out of it immediately? Does that mean he's going to pull you out of the situation and just snatch you up? No, he can. Sometimes he will. But that means, no, no, no. In the middle of the valley, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the pain that you're experiencing, he says, I will comfort you. The second way that God guides and protects us is by leading us in the right direction when we follow him. By leading us in the right direction when we follow him. John 10 verse 4 says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. Can you say that with me? He goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. Listen, a good shepherd always knows more than the sheep. A good shepherd always knows more than the sheep. And Jesus always knows more about our future and more about our present and more about our past than we have any idea. We got to come around today. The reality that he knows, Jesus knows the purpose of our lives even when we don't fully know it or fully understand it. And as our shepherd, Jesus always goes before us and he always leads by example. He leads from the front and he calls you forward. Jesus is not in the back trying to push you forward. Jesus is in the front, and he's calling you 
forward to him. He says, watch how I do it. And look where I go. And you just follow. That's what Jesus wants to speak to us. In Psalm 26 verse 3 it says, Your constant love is my guide. Your faithfulness always leads me. Has anybody ever made a trip to a city that you've never been to before? Hopefully that's everybody. Shelly, we know you have. You do that like twice a week. If Shelly's not in church, it's because she's in a city she's never experienced before she's visiting. Um, That's the same is true for my mother. Um, But if you've ever been in a city that you've never experienced before and you've had an opportunity, has anybody ever had an opportunity to take a guided tour of a city? If you've had the opportunity to take a guided tour, you know that you'll learn a lot more through someone that knows the city than you will if you walk through and try to experience it on your own. You'll experience so much more if you have a guide. Why? Because the guide knows the history. The guide knows the city. The guide knows all about it and he's there to tell you about it. And God wants us to see today that the same is true of him in our lives. If we're walking through our lives on our own, we're going to miss out on a lot. But with Jesus as our guide, we experience the fullness of what he wants us to see and what he wants us to do during our time on this planet. The third way God protects us is by finding us and bringing us back when we get confused or wander away. We just sang about it. We all tend to wander from one thing to another in life. And this often leads us into situations that we have no business being in. I think we can all say, yes, pastor, I've been in a situation that I have no business being in. It says in Isaiah 53, verse 6, we all, like stupid sheep, emphasis added, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid upon him, who is him? Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Jesus came to earth on a rescue mission to make a way for us to get home to heaven. But the thing is that if we weren't lost, he wouldn't have needed to come and hang on a cross so that we could have our sins laid on him. So if you're living in a life of confusion right now because you've wandered away from God, I'm here to tell you that God wants to be the author of your rescue story. God wants to be the author of your rescue story and all you got to do is follow him. All you got to do is ask him. He's not trying to hold rescue back from you. Amen. God wants to release that rescue all over your life. He wants to write your rescue story in Psalm 119. Verse 67 and 68 says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. 
But now I obey your word. You are good and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. You are good, God. What if this was our prayer when we woke up in the mornings? You are good and what you do is good. Teach me your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. When God brings us back from wandering, he will correct us. God does correct us. Do you know that? God does discipline us. Do you know that? But his discipline is not punishment. Why? Because punishment implies a penalty for the past. Discipline trains for the future. Oh, that's good. Parents, did you hear that? Punishment is a penalty for the past. Discipline is training for the future. And an interesting thing about a shepherd is that if he has a sheep that's prone to wonder. Some of us are sheep that are prone to wonder. Some of us are staying in place and we are rooted in God and we are in the vine. He's the vine. We're the branches. We're staying in that and we're living in that. But I think for a lot of us, we're a little bit prone to wonder. And what a shepherd does when a sheep is prone to wonder is he will wrap and, and hold the sheep's legs so that it can't move. What, what are you saying? I'm saying that sometimes God gives us a limp to keep us from wandering off. Sometimes God puts something in our path to keep us from wandering off because he knows we're sheep. He knows we're wanderers. And the truth is that we don't have to stay confused and wondering. And the more we understand the principles of God, the wiser we become. And the more we rely on God's word, the less we bring problems on ourselves. Because we're making decisions in the guidance of the Lord rather than apart from the guidance of the Lord. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to make decisions through his guidance rather than apart from his guidance. This is why we spend time in God's word. This is why we should be reading it every day. And this is why we should be talking to him in prayer constantly. This is why we should be praying without ceasing. Why? Because God, I want your guidance in my life. God, I want you to lead my life. God, I want you to direct my path. The fourth way that God protects us is by rescuing us and setting us on a road to recovery when we fall. God guides and protects us by rescuing us and setting us on a road to recovery when we fall. Matthew chapter 12, verse 11 and 12. It says, he said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, 
Will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Like every sheep, we not only wonder, but we also stumble. We all stumble, every one of us. There have been times in our life where we have fallen flat on our faces. I don't think that's just true of me. I know it's true of me, but I don't think it's true of just me. There are times when we have all fallen flat on our faces. And the important thing is trusting that when we fall, God is faithful to rescue and restore us. Because when we believe this, we will get up and faithfully run to It's like Scott just talked about. We will faithfully run to him every time we fall. Why? Because he restores and he rescues. But on the other hand, this goes back to our thoughts about God. If we think that God is going to scold and punish us every time we fall or give us a long sermon or condemn us, we're far less likely to run to him. That's why we got to understand that God's not looking to condemn us. God's looking to rescue us. God's not looking to come down on us. God's looking to restore us. It says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, Therefore... There is now no condemnation. Can you say no condemnation? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. If we don't get this right, we're going to avoid God every time we fall. But God is declaring, church, God is declaring over your life through his word that he is not out to condemn you. He is out to correct, direct, and protect. That's what God is out to do. When we're in a deep pit, Jesus doesn't just offer us words of encouragement. He offers to get down in the pit with us and help us out. Like a shepherd with a staff, he pulls us out of the briars and away from the edge of the cliff when we're on the verge of going over. The final way that God guides and protects us is by keeping his promise to save us when we trust him to do so. By keeping his promise to save us when we trust him to do so. Here's the thing. It's not your job to save yourself. Did you know that? It's not your job to save yourself. Your job is to put it in God's hand and say, God, I'm all yours. And the beauty in this is that even on the days, oh man, here we go. 
even on the days where we've given it to God and we've said, God, I'm putting this in your hand. And we did that a few days ago. and, And now I'm ready to let go, God. I'm ready to do it my own way. Even on those days, God is not gonna let go of you because he loves you too much. Even on the days that we wanna let go, God's not gonna let go of us. As we stand to our feet, we're going to read from John chapter 10, verse 29. It says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. That's the first thing we need to know from this. God is greater than all. No one, no one, no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Here's a truth that you can either amen or you can get mad about. And I don't really care which one you do because we're just going off God's word. But the word of God teaches that we cannot lose our salvation once we've received it because it is not based on our merits. It's based on what Christ has done. We're not holding God in our hand. God is holding us in his hand. And if you've confessed your sins and you've trusted in Jesus' death and resurrection, there is nothing that can take you out of the hand of God. Satan can't steal it. Sorrow can't steal it. Sickness can't steal it. You are in God's hand forever. Yeah, pastor, I'm not sure about that one. Okay, let's see what the word says. It says in Romans 8, for I'm convinced. Paul said, I'm convinced. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that is good news. That's why we can declare with confidence that the Lord is our shepherd because we are eternally secure in the truth that Jesus has already handled it. Jesus has already handled it. The goodness of God, church, means that he's going to guide you The goodness of God means that he's going to guard you. The goodness of God means that he's going to direct you and protect you and save you. And we got to know that there is no other place on this planet or in this universe where that offer is made. The offer only comes, the offer to direct, protect save, guard, guide that only comes from Jesus because he is our good, good shepherd.